Craig Custance with, uh, I was looking this morning, I forgot, man, that Atlanta Thrashers beat reporter Craig Custance joins wow. us here on uh, on the fan. <laughs> what's new? What's what's wow, the we're latest? Taking it, we're taking it back. Yeah, what's uh, the latest on the Thrashers? I think uh, Ilya Kovalchuk <laughs> might be traded. I've got a really, I've yeah. got a sneaky suspicion yeah, here, you like, guys. You like what they did on uh, free, in free agency, July 1? Going to be a big year for the Thrashers, yeah. <laughs> I like the Ron Hainsey signing, yeah. Yeah, for sure. John Anderson's going to love his new troops this <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> John Anderson. There's a there's a pull. Hey, you know what? I, I know that Ryan uh, has had uh, James Myrtle on the show. He's had a number of the guys from The yeah. Athletic on. But I, I just wanted to get you on and talk about The Athletic because in many ways, I I think I think a lot of us within the media, at least, are, are really rooting for you guys, are really pulling for The Athletic to work. Take us back to the, you know, the genesis of this thing. I know you were not first in, but you will be able to give us yeah. a bit of a history lesson as to what The Athletic is all about. Yeah, well, what I can tell you is certainly from my perspective, I wasn't first in, but like when, when you see some of the names that are going to join over the course of the next six months, I mean, I'll, I'll be kind of part of that early or certainly the early wave. And, and what convinced me to leave ESPN and, and really kind of what was my dream job was this opportunity to be a part of a group that was it, it kind of trying to save how digital journalism is done and, and basically do it in a way that, that it forms a relationship with the readers and the subscribers um, because th they're the only source of revenue. We don't have pop-up ads or videos or anything on the athletic app or the website. It is strictly, you know, we're asking sports fans to pay four bucks a month. We're communicating with them on what kind of coverage they want to see. And we're being held to a higher standard in what we write because we're not giving it away for free and people are paying for it. And so that puts more of a burden on writing really good analysis in well-reported and, you know, well-broken down stories. And it's, it's been a fascinating transition point. It's funny. We talk, you know, talking about free agents. For you as a GM, if you will, for this website, you've yeah. got a—it's a rich free agent uh, crop, a big pool because uh, it's been a tough few years in sports writing. There's some amazing talent out there that's uh, sitting without a job right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and we're going to take advantage of that. Um, but we're also finding, you know, people that have really good jobs are excited about what we're doing and are willing to take the plunge. And, and, and so, especially in hockey, like you see what James Merle's doing in Toronto. Um, you know, I'm diving into the Red Wings right now, but we're eventually going to pan back out and do a kind of a national hockey vertical. And we're going to add some, some pretty big names to that. Um, it's especially across Canada and in, in really covering those teams, those teams. Well, um, you know, and then the, the challenge is once you get a foothold in, in one sport, people are like, oh, I, I totally want to be part of the hockey group. And, and I hear from hockey writers every day that are like, I am in, let me, you know, how can I get hired? And now, you know, the challenge for us is to expand that out to, to every sport. And, you know, I'm currently interviewing people to do college football here in Michigan and NFL and, 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 and do the same thing that we've been able to do in hockey and some of these other sports. Craig Custance, our guest uh, here with The Athletic. I guess the one question I would have is who's paying right now? Do you have enough income coming by way of subscriptions to uh, keep food on all of your tables? Well, 
Uh, yes and no. Yes, the people are paying. We have a lot of subscribers, and it's probably ahead of projections. And when the it's a Silicon Valley based company, so out of San Francisco. So when the kind of the founders set this up, I think I think we're certainly outpacing it. And I don't think anybody expects a company in the first year to be self sustaining. But uh, I think at least one of the markets is getting really close to that point. You know, within a year. Um, but we're, we also have uh, the luxury of being backed pretty strongly uh, with venture capital and, and, you know, millions of dollars in investments in California. And so what that's going to allow us to do is make the right hires and, and, and lure people away from good jobs and make sure we have high quality journalists uh, in all of these markets and all of these sports so that people will want to subscribe. And ultimately, the subscribers going to be paying the freight. But, you know, at the launch here, it is certainly, you know, there's a lot of it is being driven by the investors, too. Because I think this was probably a, a common thought when, and again, like you say, you'll hopefully pluck some guys that are guys or, or women that are currently employed. But when yeah. so many of these writers were laid off or fired, you think, man, if all of them could get together and if we could subscribe online, it would be a great idea. Yeah, but how do you do that? these people actually took the plunge. I, I, like, I don't know that the idea itself yeah. is revolutionary, but having the balls to go out there and do it, I think is. No, I agree. And it's funny because people are like, oh yeah, subscription model, that's been done before. But I, I, I then you look and I'm like, I'm certainly not in Detroit on a, just specific to sports. It hasn't been done and, or done well, like in, in, on this scale with, with people that, you know, you know, and, and respect as, as fans and, and writers. And so uh, they, you know, they, they certainly did. And the interesting thing is, you know, they started in Chicago, you would go to Toronto, Cleveland, Detroit. They just announced San Francisco. My guess would be Philly would be next, um, at least in the States, along with kind of the expansion in Canada, that's going to happen. Um, and, and, you know, you learn each step of the way to what works, what doesn't, what kind of writers people will pay for, what kind of writers people don't. And sometimes you have to make these difficult decisions where you're like, okay, this person's someone I like and I'm friends with, but, um, you know, we've seen the data now and this, and this is the kind of stuff that generates subscriptions and this is the kind of stuff that doesn't. That's interesting. I wonder, are you, is, are you finding people are craving the game reports or the more, you know, the view for uh, the bigger picture view or the, the story of, you know, how deals get made. What, what is the stuff that the, the kind yeah. of writers you want? So, so th- what people don't want is another game story. They don't want another kind of note notebook. Really what we can't do is duplicate what the newspapers are already doing, right? You, you can't be the fourth one in to do a game story. And so if there's a trade, then maybe you're, you're allowing your writer to take some time to break it down and tell the backstory. Whereas the beat writer, and you know, I've been there, I know may not have that luxury and they have to go to the next game and they got to get on the plane and move on to the next story. But we're like, Hey, let's pull the brakes here and let's do a really good analysis. And let's, and let's tell the backstory about how all this got done. And, uh, and readers really have responded to that. So yeah, it's basically, you just have to do something different. And so it can't be what's being done already in that market. And, and that looks, that takes a lot of different forms. Sometimes it's film breakdown. Sometimes it's, analytic driven we you know the analytic stuff does really well and then sometimes it's what you said it's it's having somebody who's really plugged into an organization take us through the process it's an interesting approach because i would guess as you do your homework and studies uh we're told that millennials have a very short attention span they don't have the uh the ability to dive into a long form article but yet it feels like that's where you guys will make hey i mean i'm interested in it 
do you feel like uh, the the common sports fan will want that longer piece to sink their teeth into? They will, yeah. In fact, millennials have been our biggest proponent, which, I mean, I guess I went in without any preconceptions. I didn't know how it was going to be, but I think they, they sit there and go, you know what, we're, we're used to, in, in the internet kind of economy, we're used to having to pay for things, and, and whether that's music or, you know, uh, various different things, where I think there's some people, I'm in my 40s, and all our life, you've gotten everything for free, for the most part, on the internet in terms of content. And so millennials are like, look, we want, we want this to last. We want good quality stuff. And we've a lot of our success has been from, from that generation, which means to suggest to me that they're willing to pay and they're willing to, to tackle kind of the, the long, long, longer form journalism. It's been great. So before we move on, do want to talk some hockey with you. Give us the final wrap. Yeah. Uh, the website, is there an app? Uh, people are already texting in. Uh, what's the easiest way to get there and uh, take part? Yeah, so I would go to theathletic.com, and that, that'll give you a good overview if you're at work or you're, you're on a desktop. Really, to me, the best, the best way is, is, is the app, and you go to the app store and just download The Athletic, because um, we're diving into the comment sections. We're trying to build a community, and that, that all takes place on the app. There you go. As for the wings you're going to be uh, covering here for the Athletic in Detroit, where are they at? Yeah. It seems like uh, you know this is a team that has made some hard decisions about selling for the future. And uh, despite the goalie conundrum they were in with the expansion draft, we had Ken Holland on and said, "Look, we're not going to be giving young assets away to try to protect older guys. It's just not happening anymore." Yeah, they're they're in an interesting spot, and it's been fascinating for me to kind of pan, you know, go from a national perspective to now really focused on this one team and. And I, I'm really, the, there's this frustration in this market that the Red Wings aren't just tearing it completely down. And I think there's an element of the fan base that says, okay, it was a good run. Let's, let's tear it down and try to, to follow a Toronto or Edmonton model. And you have a management that doesn't seem to have that appetite because they, you know, I think they look and say, Hey, you know, for every team that gets Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, there's a number of others that don't. And it's, that becomes a 10 year process. So we're gonna we're gonna continue to collect young talent, um, but also you know sign a guy like Trevor Daly and, and try to make the playoffs this year. And it's you know the risk in doing that, guys, as you know, is you end up somewhere in the middle, right? You miss the playoffs, you don't get the top draft pick, and you have to try to make it work that way. And so there's there's a lot of debate in this town about the path the Red Wings are taking, and and it's it's kind of been interesting to to get into it. That path, as you, as you said, that reluctance to go full tear down or uh, or rebuild, does that maybe change a little bit now with the passing of Mister Illich? Because I wonder if maybe Ken uh, Holland and and the brass felt with you know Mister Illich in his later years committing to try and win one more cup. Yeah, well, certainly that extended it. I, I you know I think when Pavel Datsuk, as long as Pavel Datsuk was there with Zetterberg, they they were going to try to make a push. So we're really in Detroit, you're only one year removed from, from that combination existing. Um, so I think that was part of it. I think that was, part, I think keeping the streak going on some level was part of it. And I think the other kind of the difficult situation in Ken Holland, you have a GM who is in the last year of his contract and you have a coach in Jeff Blashill who's had two years, uh, you know, gotten to the playoffs and then he missed the playoffs. Who's in a pretty big prove it phase as a head coach. So those guys, you know, are, are those the two guys you want to charge with tearing it down? I mean, because I think if you really gave them a truth serum, they probably would think they wouldn't survive it, right? Like it would be the 
for the benefit of the next general manager. We've seen that in other markets. So I think on some level, ownership has put those guys in a tough situation. What else this off season? Anything? Uh, anything surprising? Are you? What are you waiting on? Or basically, are we done waiting? Just let's get to September because nothing's going to happen. Well, to me, in terms of if we're looking at league-wide stories, I still am watching the Matt Duchesne situation closely, and I've had some conversations, you know, on, on that. And you know, is, is he going to end up starting the season in Colorado? And, I, and when you talk to people that are kind of in on it, I, I sense some frustration with Joe Sackick and, and, the, and the group there, because I think there's a lot of pressure on Joe Sackick to, and the Colorado Avalanche to win this trade and to, for it to be a home run, kind of in light of where they are and, and, and maybe the lack of success with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And that's a hard way to do business with other GMs, because if you have to just crush the other guy to, to do the deal, like those aren't deals the other guy is going to want to do. Ideally, you're doing a trade like you look at, you know, Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. Both of those GMs can go, okay, I feel good about that. And that's the challenge with Matt Duchesne. Colorado is really trying to win that deal and do it lopsided. Uh, That that makes it really hard to get it done. Uh, News coming down. uh, Elliot Friedman reporting Colton Pareko has got a five-year deal avoiding arbitration worth five and a half. That was one of the bigger arbitration cases remaining. Uh, Thomas Tatar won in Detroit that I'm sure you're paying attention to. What does that look like? (laughs) That's an interesting one, and I've got to check in on that one because it was a nine o'clock start on the arbitration here locally. Um, so that's that's one where they were pretty far off on a long term deal because I think the Tatar camp sees him as a guy that at 27 years years old next July could go in and get six million dollars a year in the, on the free agent market, and the Red Wings are in this this transition situation where do you really are they in a position to give a guy that much money? if you're really sitting there saying maybe we need to take the foot off the gas and get young and, and go that route. So there, but at the same time, you have a guy that scores 25 goals every single year. He's actually one of the more consistent goal scorers in the league. So um, th- that's a tough one. And, and, you know, it may be to Detroit's advantage to go ahead and get a one-year deal, buy some more time, see how the young players look. And if that's the guy you have to spin at the deadline, then you do that. Craig, good luck, man. Uh, now, can you can you do you have any spoilers for uh, the athletic slash Calgary and what's going on in our city in our market? All, all I can say is that we're talking to people in every Canadian city and and people that you guys know and like, and we're we're going to be pretty aggressive in our, our growth in Canada. Have you heard of Ryan Pinder? I can't name names. Ryan Pinder. <laughs> Ryan Pinder. No. Have you heard of Ryan Pinder? He's very good. Stop it. Very, trying to get rid of his co-host. Don't, don't do it. Craig. He's very don't opinionated. You'd love him. Hot takes galore. Please. I, will, I will put in some good words, you know, to the, to the guys making the decision. Please, Craig. Above my pay grade. Please, Craig. Please take Myrtle it. knows me well. It's please, not Craig. happening. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, thank you for doing this, man. Stay in touch. My pleasure. All right. Take care, guys. Craig Custins. The Athletic. Get the app.